This is Reading Descending, where we watch IMDb's Worst 250 so you don't have to. I'm Michelle St. Clair. I'm Abigail Ward. And this week we watched Zoom. Former superhero Jack is called back to work to transform an unlikely group of ragtag kids into superheroes at a private academy. Let's watch. I realized earlier today when I heard someone else talking about burnout and how long it can last. I realized, like, I think the reason I keep saying to people, like, I don't feel like I've been back for a while. I think I've just burnt out in 2019. You saw how hard I was working yeah. and suddenly that all stopped. And I really only feel like it's in the last month that I've been back to normal really? after that burnout. Yeah. Shit. It's just... Such a big thing and burning the candle at both ends for so long. I mean, weeks before I had to take three months off, I did that 32-hour workday, which listeners at home might recognize as more than the amount of hours within a day. Mm. You are correct. Um, at, At three different locations. Like, not even just at the one office for an all-nighter. I mean, going from job to job. Um. That's too much. <laughs> yeah. I get what you mean. I have just finished my master's and I feel like June was like this whirlwind. I finished my master's. I had my birthday. I got engaged and then I went away right at the end of it. And now that I'm back, I feel like my entire, like my immune system was just like, fuck you. Yeah. You were running on empty for like three months, but you pushed through and now you're going to pay for that. Because I felt like from April to June was an absolute like haze because i was so busy and stressed with uni yeah and now that it's all over i just my body has caught up with me and i got a uti then i got a cold sore which gave me a fever for like two weeks then i got a uti again and now my favorite mystery illness is back and bringing me out in like red lumps on my eye and a bit of stiffness in my chest i just feel like my entire body is feeling the burnout and it's not something that it can be fixed in like a week off it's like a month of repair and like a month of of actually like taking it easy and resting, but I have such a severe guilt complex yeah. that I can't do that. And even while I've been sick, I've been trying to be up, been trying to get up and do things. And Claude has literally had to just beg me to take time off work and to stay in bed and relax. We we make this separation between mental and physical as if your brain isn't part of your body, which is such a un <laughs> such a bad way to orient our understanding of health. Yeah. And Similarly, we have structured our society around glorifying overwork, not just working, but overworking, so that when we take necessary time off, we feel bad. And more than anything, we always want to make the time we need off to be shorter than it is. Yeah. Like, we just need to give ourselves that space. Mm. If you were, I don't know, if say it was you and your child just out in like you just had five years of income you could do whatever and your child was feeling sick you wouldn't make them feel bad if they felt sick for more than a week yeah it's only because of the pressure of work that we go you you should feel bad first day of this year i made a list of resolutions while i was really 
cooked and I put it up on my wall and the first one was help Michelle because you were in a really shitty place at the beginning of this year and I was really worried about you but the second one was go to therapy and then later down on the list I said again go to therapy (laughs) so it's on the list twice yeah you skipped the first one but the second one's there it's finally come up in the order of priority I skipped the first oh right yeah yeah Yeah, well, like, yeah, I'm returning to it. And I'm like, I didn't do that because uni was such a blitz. But now that I've burnt out and I can feel the effect on my body, I can also feel the effect on my mental health where I'm actually pretty low at the moment. And I need to, like, deal with a lot of my anxiety, especially being in a relationship. It just flares up all kinds of anxieties that I don't necessarily have to deal with when I'm by myself. And I actually want to go to therapy and help them help this big void in me get filled because I know that my insatiable need to be special is my own destruction and has affected my life negatively. And it basically filters into every part of my anxiety and has made me really neurotic. And I really want to fix it. Well, good thing that Ms. Therapist is here. Well, hey there, little sugar bear. I'm going to fill you up with good energy. Is this like sexual? Let me pour in a gallon of good mental juice. This is to so fill up all of your body. What? You're going to be overflowing with self-actualization Why are you and self-understanding. Me like this? Stop moving. <laughs> Just drink the juice now, honey there. <laughs> Mmm, that's some good mental health. Keep drinking. That's right. That's right. It tastes good, doesn't it? It tasted pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good, doesn't it? It tasted pretty good, actually. You know what they say? Yeah, you know what they say. Sometimes something that we think is bitter on the way down actually ends up sweet. You're so scary. Give me more. (laughs) <laughs> the only people who think I'm scary aren't allied with the forces of good, and thus you must come from hell. <laughs> get away. Why are you holding me down? I want to get out of here. Time to make you pure. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing to my legs? We're going to make you one of the faith folk. <laughs> oh, my God. You're glowing. You Your made eyes. a promise to the fae, one that you have <laughs> to keep now. <laughs> I'll do anything, anything to appease you. Hmm. Like it's a choice. <gasps> you have given yourself. Now I will fill my void with your mental energies. <laughs> your impurities shall fuel me and I shall reign supreme over these lands. Well, that was a really good insight into how my first therapy session will go. Thank you, Michelle. I'm really excited. Irregardless, this week we watched Zoom. I did. For me, this movie represented... We talked about this somewhat last week, but this movie represented exactly the kind of movie I watched as a kid. I feel like I had blocked from my brain the sheer volume of children's media, especially those Disney slash Disney Channel original slash Nickelodeon movies. I watched so fucking many of those, just DVD after DVD after home video after home video of absolute dog shit i don't like what that says about how my taste of film developed i don't like what it says about um uh, my discerning taste but you're owning up to it and that's very brave yeah and i feel like this is exactly that 
I was shocked to discover that this was not a Nickelodeon movie and was, in fact, a fully funded studio budget movie. Yeah. It has mad made-for-DVD uh, made sequel energy. I get that. I get that. Although I didn't think... It, I thought it did feel big budget, and it was because it had ripped on Chevy <laughs> Chase, Tim Allen, yeah. like three very notable good names. And future star Kate Mara. Yeah. And former star Spencer Breslin. Spencer is here twice in a row, baby. We've got Tim and, Allen and, and Spencer, Spencer Breslin. Breslin two they weeks love in a row, each other. Which, by the way, similarly, you know this is the third week in a row we've done a movie from 2006? Because of Little Man. Yeah. They're all together. They're all from the Not a good year for movies. That's bizarre. That's really bizarre. This, this, to me, had the same energy as the... Inspector Gadget sequel that I remember watching a bunch of times, but with the cast of a full studio yeah. movie. What the fuck was with and, the and, co- Courtney Cox. and Courtney Cox? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I was getting confused because I just watched Tim Allen and Spencer Breslin. And then, yeah. apropos of nothing, the other night I foolishly decided to show Claude Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Sure. Because we were talking about Jim Carrey films and we'd watched Liar Liar. We yeah. worked our way through a bunch of 90s Ace Ventura films. And then we watched Ace Ventura Pet Detective and Courtney Cox is in that. And when Mm. I was watching it, Ace Ventura is such a bad movie. I thought it was on the list. So I was like, that's so weird. It's so weird that I've seen Courtney Cox on this list for the second time. No, I just watched a terrible film without needing to consult the list. I don't know if this list needs more aggressive transphobia. Yeah. I'm just, I just can't watch that movie. It's not fun. Yeah, I can understand. It's aggressively yeah. transphobic. It's, it's it's really genuinely upsetting. It's incredibly trans. Even Joe Rogan said Ace Ventura was transphobic. Yeah. Even jo- if Joe Rogan is calling something out <laughs> as politically incorrect, you know yeah. it's bad. <laughs> Fuck you, Joe Rogan. Um, but also you're right in this case. Yeah, Courtney Cox was such a surprising person to see in this movie. Not a good performance from her. No. Not a good performance. Also... Low point for Tim Allen, already bad actor. Yeah. And also his character is so mean. <laughs> so, so mean. So mean. Aggressively mean. So I I had a couple of things that I wanted to touch on. I mean, we can get into it after the overview, but I really wanted to talk about the treatment of Courtney Cox's character because yeah. it's fucking buckwild. <laughs> when, when people say movies didn't used to be political, I think they're talking about how they used to watch movies like this that yeah. are aggressively apolitical and mean. I thoroughly enjoyed this film, though, and I could watch it again because, A, it was one hour and 15 minutes long, which is not a feature length. I actually thought it was longer <laughs> for sure. And also it got off to a really good start where Chevy Chase works for the government and yeah. he heads basically secret divisions of superhero teams and he is looking at a radar. He says something to Rip Torn yeah. who walks over to Chevy Chase and says, I, see, I speak Greek, not geek. And I was like, I'm in for such a good time. What a one line. <laughs> Well, let's do the overview. Let's do it. So, some of the key details. Yeah. This is- Lay it on me. Come on, thick and fast. Give me them Give me them deets. This was directed by Pete Hewitt, who I mostly wrote down because he also did the Garfield movie <laughs> and was really disappointed when he couldn't do Garfield 2. <laughs> He's crushed. And he also did Thunderpants and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. The oh, second the one. sequel. Okay. Yeah, that was his I debut. Haven't seen it. I looked up who did the screenplay, but they were so unnotable. It was just just like some fucking guy whose magnum opus got a bunch of reviews that said, not very good. Oh, so, sucks that to be that could guy. be me in 10 years, <laughs> disappointing myself. This was upsetting. The budget 
Yeah. $75 million. <laughs> Where did it go? Well, to Tim Allen. This, this has the production values of something that was made for $1 million. Yeah. <laughs> it made $12.4 million. Oh, my God. That's shocking. Yeah. That's... At least, I've have you found that a lot of these bad movies at least still make a profit? A lot yeah. of them are like commercial successes but critical flops. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> this was both. To think about it this way, Paranormal Activity 4 was 70% empty rooms and made more money than this did. <laughs> does it bother you that you carry such knowledge about Paranormal Activity 4? It does a little bit. Yeah. Imagine yeah. all the effort we could have put into something a lot more intellectually nourishing than this mm, podcast. I could have learned a skill. I could have just read a, multiple books. I could have sat there in complete silence. We could have watched good movies. <laughs> Oh, no. Here's uh, the actual overview. Give it to me straight. 30 years ago, Captain Zoom and his brother Concussion were part of a superhero team funded by the US military. But after an experiment gone wrong turned Concussion evil, he killed their teammates and Zoom destroyed him at the cost of his own powers. Gotcha. I'm following you. In the present day, it is discovered that Concussion is returning, and General Larrabee decides to re-enlist Zoom to form a new team to fight him, unbeknownst to them. After auditioning somewhat kidnapped children for their superpowers, they select four and begin to train them. However, Zoom is unable to escape his bitterness for what happened in the past and is unable to inspire the kids. With the help of Dr. Marsha, the kids begin to improve their abilities and eventually get Zoom to join in. After they finally dub themselves with heroic names, they discover the true reason for their formation, to undergo the same experimentation that turned Concussion evil and be used as a distraction while the military captures him. The team, along with a secretly powered Marsha, escape and head to Concussion's arrival and work together to remove his evil spirit with a swirling vortex of speed. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> that summarizes it. They head back to their normal lives with a new mastery over their powers and come together as a new superhero team when needed. Nice. I, it's not a great overview, but I, it was really hard to distill this movie that both had intense info dumps and also long stretches where not much happened. Yeah. I didn't understand the final battle at all. Oh, you mean... The swirling vortex that returned him to not be gammed? Like, he got... So, so Concussion <laughs> yeah. was changed into an evil man. Wait, you're saying of- the the uh, five full minutes of comic book style <laughs> narration at the screen actually wasn't clear to you? Yeah. It, like, like, he's turned evil by Gamma 13, but at the end in the battle, that actually was quite clear to me, to be honest. I was like, yeah. okay... They were zapped by something. It turned him evil. He killed the other teammates. Got it. Yeah. It's the last fight where he was in this swirling vortex. Did it just remove the evilness from him and he was good again? Yeah. So Larrabee says that this is actually the plan, but but they want to trap him there with a net, which, right. which doesn't work because he punches away the net. And General Larrabee is like, let's try that just again. It doesn't work. Um, so Zoom runs really fast in a circle kicks up dust well i can't tell because it's definitely (laughs) kicking up dust but it's green dust which makes me think it's some sort of green energy generated from his super speed right sorry to launch right into the thick of the final battle by the way it's just i didn't get it it's so hard it's it's also by the way guys very short 
and set to music that I think would be better in the Digimon movie. The final battle was shockingly short. Yeah. We got so many montages. So underwhelming. So many training sequences. There's even a bit right after the midpoint where Tim Allen is just reflecting on the kids and it's like a sentimental Uh, montage. It does my pet peeve (laughs) in a movie or a TV show where someone is looking out at something and then we cut to scenes that we saw. Like, Five minutes ago. Earlier in the movie. I remember it. I was there for that. But the final battle confused me. To know, I actually had to rewatch it twice. Yeah. So I, I, I got to the end of it and I was like, wait, what? And I went back to the start and I watched yeah. it again. And I was like, I don't, I don't understand. So they try and just talk to him. And then he goes, fuck you. I'm a fucking badass and I'm going to kill you. And then the US That's military. dialogue than what was actually in the film. Yeah. Um. Then the U.S. military try and shoot a net at this guy with superpowers, and that shockingly doesn't work. Then Zoom runs away to get his uh, costume, which looks like a real rough draft of someone's cosplay of Black Panther. And he literally said he needs the costume because if he, when he vibrates, because Zoom's power is that he vibrates, he could vibrate out of his clothes. So he needs a super costume so he doesn't vibrate his clothes off. Yeah. Then, <laughs> by the way, his finger does a little zoom the whole film. Yeah. That, that fucking that pussy action man. You know he's getting it. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. You know he is. Um, that technique. Yeah, but first he would need to talk to a woman without insulting them. Yeah, without Something absolutely. He doesn't like, do, I think, a single time. Not even negging them, just absolutely being horrifically mean. mean. to their face yeah. and disrespectful. Yeah, we'll uh, get to that. Yeah. So then he comes back, a mid-2000s pop song kickstarts. Yeah. Um, By the way, was that Smash Mouth? Because uh, I swear to God, some of the songs in there were Smash Mouth. About six of them were Smash Mouth. Oh at the, be- at the opening That's credits, huge- it says songs by Smash Mouth. That's a huge ratio of Smash Mouth <laughs> to also, other. none of them are all-star or walking on the sun, which mm. I think is a bold fucking choice. 100%. Is to well, use lesser known. two on the nose. Like Smash Mouth B-sides is a bold choice. Smash Mouth is ridiculous, but you got to hand it to them. They monopolized... <laughs> The music in film market in the late 90s, early 2000s, because they were fucking everywhere. (laughs) Like, I I can't think of another song that so instantaneously appeared in almost every movie. It turns out being a bad singer, making trashy pop and looking like Guy Fieri gets you really far. So good job, Smash Mouth. We're proud of you. I mean, I referenced the Digimon movie earlier because for a long time, that was my go-to brain thought for All Star. Not Shrek. But oh. the last scene of the Digimon movie. <sighs> and I, I really of... liked slash still like Digimon Aww. 1 and 2. I always think of Walking on the Sun in Can't Hardly Wait, ah. where they use it in a very good scene. I, I always think of Weird Al's po- polka version of Walking on the Sun. Right. Which is in the midst of one of his polka medleys, where the whole bit is that he's doing a polka version of like eight pop songs. But right. he's a good performer, so they're actually just really good to listen to. So Smash Mouth song plays. Smash Mouth. I don't know if that oh, one was actually, Smash yeah, Mouth, I don't know either. but it was Smash Mouth adjacent. <laughs> um, and Akin then, to Smash Mouth, which is his own musical genre. My personal yeah. favorite. They they use their powers to like throw him and then the girl with super strength bats him and pushes him into the swirling green vortex where he tries to push out of it, but the he Zoom is running so fast that the green vortex dust surrounds him which seems to suck out right. his evil red spirit so it is nonsense i didn't miss anything it just then, was not explained and then he literally gets up and is like oh jack 
it's you and he's like hey man i guess you're fine and well i'm like is that it yeah it almost felt like he was like gonna be evil again or at least say something he didn't even go like oh man i regret what happened or he he was just like oh wow that's so rad i'm back and they're like yeah it's cool and then they walk away and that was the end yeah that was it there wasn't it was shocking <laughs> this film was i i actually quite enjoyed some segments of it i have to say wow i'm not enjoyed properly you- but i was like this doesn't this is actually like enjoyable like in that like there's one or two jokes that i thought were kind of funny and the pacing of it was quite fast at the beginning again an hour and 15 minutes i can do that here's the thing i i, I feel like i saw that graph i don't think i'd average ratings are that different but typically i feel like you enjoy these movies less than i do but i'm surprised to hear that you liked any elements of this i liked meeting all the kids at the start and seeing their all their shitty superpowers i I don't don't actually like it but like again this i'm thinking about i'm comparing this to other films we've watched and i'm like yeah this is great because i'm not bored stiffless yeah stiff bored stiffless (laughs) i'm not bored stiff (laughs) But I enjoyed meeting all the kids. You've got fucking Kate Mara playing a young girl called Summer who can control things with her mind. Nebulous telekinetic powers. You've got Dylan. Yes. And he can go invisible. Mm -hmm. And then you find out later that he can also see into other people, like see what's happening in other locations. It's like he can project his mind into places so that he can see what's happening over there. Then you've got young Spencer Breslin. Whose power is being dummy thick. Dummy thick, absolutely. He's already dummy thick and then he can bloat himself out to be extra dummy thick, in which case he becomes daddy thick. But it also meant that throughout the movie, I kept, for a while, I thought it was just part of the nature of his powers and then I realized that they were putting him in a really weird, bad fat suit. Really bad, because you could see his normal shoulders and then a just bag sitting in front of his tummy. It's weird choice mean-spirited choice given everyone else in this movie and then you've got the this little blonde kid um called oh what was her name i can't remember her something collins it's like Susie. it it was c c cindy i think it was cindy Cindy. collins and she is super strong yeah and can like punch and lift anything and she's like really sweet and cute she is Easily the most likable character. She in this was. Movie. I actually quite enjoyed the her uh, scenes. Yeah, was, I get that. I was thinking particularly about this one scene where she becomes really attached to Tim Allen's character, who is Mr. Zoom, pussy fucking killer with his oh, like index. Um, he, he can literally just zoom it. His it's such a bizarre power, that and that he's just Tim like, Allen. look what I can do, and it's just his fucking finger going. It's off. because he lost his powers ostensibly, and that's the only thing he can do now. Yeah, he can only wiggle his finger, but. She forms a huge attachment to him. He's there to train the kids. Because she's six years old. She's six. She's been somewhat given up slash kidnapped by the US government. She misses her parents. Hey, I know it's like a fun bit that she's a little girl with super strength, but fully, I don't think a six-year-old girl should be on this superhero team. (laughs) I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think that's a nice thing to do to a child. She hasn't just got strength of physical, like of, of, of physicality. She's got strength of nature, Michelle. Okay, she's resilient. She's not afraid of anything except sometimes I don't think you should put children in combat situations. <laughs> uh, we're just going to have to disagree. <laughs> but um, there's this one scene where she comes in and she's like to Tim Allen, like, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. Can I sleep with you? And he's just like, no, go to bed. 
and then she kind of harasses she like harangues him yeah into letting her sleep in the room so she gets on the couch and there's a bit where she just looks at him for a bit and then she gets up and she pulls the couch over to him because she's really strong yeah and he goes that was bolted into the wall and i was like that's actually a funny comedic bit it's just in the middle of a terrible atrocity of a film yeah like it just had a look couple of little moments of that where i'm like oh that's good classic comedic timing in an absolute that's all tim film. allen baby great guy <laughs> gotta tell you did you hear that tim allen is a great guy i actually heard from reputable sources that tim allen fantastic dude republican great to chat to (laughs) i'm so glad we're revisiting tim allen today oh my god because he's just such a great guy if have you looked at cora threads because he's a great guy oh okay yeah super nice dude (laughs) very trustworthy great sources and even a woman said he was nice so you know it's even a woman even one woman a woman (laughs) one woman one yeah like she she is genuinely fun i will say when they all get their like superhero names i hate their names she's princess that's the closest one to good the spencer breslin is mega boy that sucks, sucks. <laughs> um kate mara is wonder not and by wonder. the way she is wonder not wonder girl not wonder woman no not men just wonder but tim <laughs> allen has a bit where he's suggesting names and he yeah. says that she should be called mental chick which is <laughs> he's just mean <laughs> that's really mean he's so mean and then dylan is houdini which i get is like it's the cl- i get in some ways that it's the closest to a good name because it's a reference to houdini but also that is a real person's real last name yeah there's definitely other people with that real last name that's a weird thing to be as a superhero is just a last name that's not yours i feel like there isn't i don't know much about superheroes but i haven't heard of many superheroes being named after real life people just with their surname yeah it's usually like its own original very very mystical or enchanting sounding name it's not just someone Rogerson. else's surname yeah <laughs> the the great anderson like no i'm mr daniels <laughs> johnson <laughs> i i wanted to talk about courtney cox for a second because yeah there's a lot to talk about with her character listen as the film went on i was bothering to poke less and less holes through it because i realized it was just absolute madness i think that was exhaustion but there's this beginning bit where they need captain zoom to get rid of concussion or to help train these kids to fight concussion who's coming back from another realm right which zoom doesn't know which zoom doesn't know and the kids don't know either for the most of the film but they need to get captain zoom so what they do is that they put courtney cox who is a scientist in a green dress And then she stands on the side of the road and she's looking over at the workshop that Captain Zoom works in. And she's like, all right, he's here. Like, I think she's just like, get the car. And this car drives by and she pretends to get hit by it. And then Captain Zoom is like, oh my God. And he picks her up and takes her into the warehouse. And they're just walking in together. And then all of the military come in being like, Captain Zoom, we need you. And I was like, why? What was was she? What was she there to plant? What, what was the benefit of having her being pretended to be hit by a car? That was huge for me. I rewatched it. I was like, what was that? So Zoom then says no, and yeah. Chevy Chase pulls out a gun. <laughs> and shoots him in the chest. With what turns out to be a dart gun. Yeah. But I love the idea that he just pulls out a gun. So she was there as a plant for no reason, and then they shoot him anyway. <laughs> they didn't even need 
to appear. They could have just shot him from far away. And then when he comes back into being and he actually gets to know Dr. Marsha, she's just a big, sweet nerd. Massive Michelle energy, by the way, where Thank she's you. like, I was a geek. I, like, too, I also fall books. over and get overexcited about the things I like. Yeah. I, big Michelle energy. But he, like, slowly starts to really come around to Dr. Marsha and really like her. She... But- it, uh, genuinely at one point falls over because it's this movie she like fully flies over the desk but she genuinely drops all her papers and then he kneels down to help her get them yeah. and then they look up at each other and their eyes meet i'm like you're doing sparkle. the meg ryan yeah you're, you're doing it <laughs> but he treats her appallingly at the beginning when he realizes she's a nerd but yeah. when she's talking about like genuine statistics she's found she's really smart and competent and capable and he's like what happened to that little green dress because she looked yeah. skimpy in it and i'm yeah. like oh god he's just so gross awful. he's terrible he's really gross mean and gross <laughs> man also the spaceship <laughs> where they go and get maccas or wendy's from when, the spaceship. where they go into what what tim allen reveals is the spaceship from roswell and area 51 which is just a spaceship no aliens i guess and they get in it and just pilot it in this really weird awful cg it goes really slowly and they take it through a drive-through which causes a national incident because they're like aliens came through the drive-through the premise of a ufo or spaceship going through a drive-through kind of funny they just didn't execute it well at all not in this manner no not at all it's just why is their vehicle a fucking spaceship yeah they didn't need that (laughs) too many layers too many things going on also the weird love story between summer and dylan the two older Uh, parts of the team as well yeah you could just smell it a mile off when it started and you see summer at school and all these girls are like freak freaky bitch and then you see dylan at school and he's like the bad boy yeah I was like, fuck, I don't want to watch this romance. Yeah. I don't want to watch this utter lack of chemistry play out on screen. And it did. Yeah. It was wow. really, really, really disappointing. How you going? I just don't like, I just don't care for, I've said this before, I don't care for watching 17-year-olds go through turmoil, especially because usually around them is a 10-year-old or a 25-year-old going through much more interesting turmoil. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't care about moody teenagers. That's because you're no longer a moody teenager. I didn't care for it when I was a teenager. When I was a teenager, I was like, these are not good. Fair enough. When I was a teenager, I loved teenage content. I was like, relatable. I am Naomi from Skins, and I will smoke by the harbor and yell at my mom for no reason. And that's just me because I am mysterious and intriguing. Well, I've said to you before, I would watch content about teenagers. I'm like, you guys are outside, not relatable. Yeah, I didn't get how in Skins they always had access to MD. Yeah. And liquor easily. Or other friends. Yeah, if I got, like, my hands on drugs or alcohol, I had to fight tooth and nail for it. Like, I had to really organize that shit. If I wanted a friend to talk to me, I would have to fight fucking tooth (laughs) Tooth and nail. nail. To get there, all right? Don't- all right, Dr. Marsha, we get it. We get it. Shut the fuck <laughs> Also, okay, so she, it, it's in the third act, revealed that she has a superpower too. It's revealed in such a weird way because they just they just <laughs> yeah. have a problem and then she blows really hard and a rainbow comes out. They, they sleep on it the whole time. It's a secret. And then that No all- one goes, whoa, they're like, oh, cool. No, the whole thing is that they're going to get shepherded to get gamed. Yeah. And- 
the Captain Zoom. I keep trying to call him Doctor Zoom. Captain Zoom. And by the way, when I saw the title of this film was Zoom, I was like, I'm already like fucking triggered enough by lockdown <laughs> shit. I don't need to see that. But when Captain Zoom he gets like imprisoned because he tries to stop them from gammering the kids. So they're getting shepherded down to get gammered. And she's like going with the guy being like, sorry, kids, hang on. And she turns around and blows rainbow yeah. dust at the man and sweeps him off his feet. Like, and they're all like, let's go. <laughs> no one talks about it until 20 minutes later. I'm pretty sure Summer's just like, whoa. <laughs> she, which I hate that she knew the whole time. Yeah. She would bring it up. That's insane. Also, she has a cool special power. They never call her Rainblow, even once. Is that the type, the name that they give her? No. That's my point. What? But her power is that she can blow really hard, which they even make a joke. It's like, she blows. And Tim Allen's like, yeah. Um, and then to demonstrate the power, she blows on him and it looks a bit windy. And I'm, I get why he was underwhelmed. He's like, I guess I can do that too. Mm. And she uses her power again later, but she when she blows, there's this sparkly rainbow effect. Mm. Call her rainblow. Yeah. It's right there. And then at the end, they have this graphic of like, it's the new Zenith team. It's like Zoom, Concussion, Wonder, Princess, Marsha. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Fuck. she's just still Marsha. <laughs> she's just Marsha. She's actually Dr. Holloway to you. So. Not, not according to the end graphics. Drops the doctor. Marsha. Just Marsha. She's just Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> Always the Marsha. Never, never the, the gin. Never the rain blow. Aww. Do you want to hear some trivia? IMDb trivia. Zoom was nominated for one Razzie Award. Worst actor for Tim Allen, who was also nominated for The Shaggy Dog <laughs> and The Santa Claus 3. All the same year? All three of which also featured Spencer Breslin. However... <laughs> hang on. Hang oh, on. No, no, no. Is, hang on. No, 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 no. However, he lost to the Wayans brothers for Little Man. Oh, my God. <laughs> what is this world we're in? I need to get to the next movie. We have to get out of this 2006 Razzie nightmare. Is that not... That's insane. <laughs> That's my favorite piece of trivia that we've ever found. That, oh, what a, my what a God. Fantastic universal coincidence. I know. But also... Tim Allen did the Shaggy Dog, Zoom, and Santa Claus 3 all in one year. With Spencer Breslin. With Spencer. That's insanity. I'm I'm actually really surprised that the Santa Claus 3, the escape clause, is not, not on, on this list. Because oh. it should be. Um, and I also need you to know right now, next week's movie is also from 2006. Oh my god, what is it? <laughs> well, we'll get to it at the end. <laughs> When Dylan sees a display in the control room with pictures of the four of them with their stats, three ages are wrong. Six-year-old Cindy is listed as 10, 12-year-old Tucker is listed as 11, and 17-year-old Dylan is listed as 18. The same display also shows Tucker and Cindy's hero names, but they got those names seconds before Dylan saw the display. That's crazy. There's <laughs> continuity issues in this terrible film. Normally, I don't like writing down continuity issues because it's just like a normal movie mistake mm. and they, these all have them. But that one I thought was funny enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you want to hear some reviews? Yes, master. Yes. Yes. Would Give you like me the reviews. Yes. Feed me, master. Servant likes her reviews. I love it. Yes, dirt loves her reviews. Oh, I love it. I am <laughs> dirt, master. Feed me the air bird and the rope. <laughs> Here, 
fresh stars, fresh stars, straight from the the trough, the tomato dress. Give me the critics. <laughs> oh, the critics themselves. Yes. <laughs> My Ivy League degree didn't say I would get to this. <laughs> This one is titled, I was so worried, dot, dot, dot. Awesome movie, 10 out of 10, by Fuzzy Angel. I was so worried, dot, 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 has the same energy of that thing on the internet of that woman saying that she'd sent her email too early and it said, like, dear professor, I am afraid, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Um, First of all, the only reason I went to see this movie was because of Dylan West. And you know what? I ended up loving the whole movie. Although when Dylan almost collapsed in the secret hiding place, I almost stood up in front of the movie theater and yelled. But it ended up that he was okay and he had me so worried. Girl crushes when you're a teenager. (laughs) Fucked, man. I really sympathize with this person. Another part of the movie I liked was when the audience finds out that Marsha Halloway, Courtney Cox, had powers. It totally came out of nowhere. Besides falling in love with Dylan, I fell in love with Concussion, Zoom's evil brother, who becomes good at the end of the movie. But he was very hot too. 10 out of 10. (laughs) This person has their priorities in the right place. I I scan so hard for whether or not they're clearly sarcastic, and I really struggled with this one because I can't (laughs) even fathom liking this movie. (laughs) Um, This is... Truly fun for the entire family by Harris Katz. This movie is hilarious. My husband, teenage son, and I truly loved it. We can't wait for the DVD to come out. It is truly an upbeat, fun movie for the entire family. I highly recommend for all to see. Tim Allen tops the amazing cast of talented and interesting young people and veterans alike. Yeah, Tim Allen tops. For example, Rip Torn. This is one of those Tim great- Allen tops rip torn. <laughs> 3.2 million views on Pornhub. God. This is one of those great movies that let you forget about everything outside the theater doors and just immerse yourself in it. I can't say enough about this film. Keep up the good work, Tim and company. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Tim and company. <laughs> <laughs> that was the working title of this film. Loved this movie by Bruh13. Hey, Bruh. What's up, bro? Maybe it's Bray. Um, This is the exact kind of movie that I like watching. This movie is very family friendly, and I'd suggest it to anyone with young kids. I'm an adult, and I really enjoyed it. I don't believe you. <laughs> I, it, it doesn't. <laughs> definitely not an adult. Definitely an 11-year-old. I love that this movie plays to the dreams that many of us had as kids superpowers and of course (laughs) that's not my dream as a kid (laughs) and of course we are taught and shown that if we did have superpowers they should be used for good sometimes the people that we think of the least of needing a hero are the people that need one most sometimes we all need heroes and even heroes need heroes this movie shows that as a team anything Mm -hmm. is achievable and even the impossible is possible Together, we can accomplish everything. We can. 10 out of 10. That review was 10 out of 10, man. (laughs) Thank you, bruh. Well, what was your review? Look, I found this film pretty enjoyable compared to most. It was short. As you know, that's very important to me. Yeah. 
I think that Tim Allen is often a pretty solid lead actor as well. Like, he is enjoyable to watch. Yeah. I like Courtney Cox. I liked a lot of the stars in it, to be honest. The kids were cute too. It just sucked. It just, like, nothing came together. The plot was, like, hackneyed and cliched and the tone of it was off. The fighting sequences sucked. There was no reason for this film to exist at all. But in the context of the films we've watched, very good. Mm. I'm going to give it... I'm actually going to go higher on this one. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to give it like a solid 4.7 out of 10. Oh, one of those rare times that it's actually higher than the IMDb review. I could potentially watch it again. Wow. Not out of my own free will, but if you put a gun to my head, yeah. But if you said watch Sex in the City 2 again, no. I, pull I'd the rather, trigger. Yeah, pull that fucking trigger. <laughs> put that bullet in my head. Um, I really didn't Sex like this. Sex in the City 2 changed me, did. by the way. I really didn't like this movie. One of the main things I, I haven't talked about yet was those transitions that feature, like, the logo of the Academy for Heroes that came at the oh, end yeah. of every second scene and were aggressive yeah. and also killed all pacing. Yeah. Just get out of there. Just cut. Stop this. That gave, again, mad made-for-DVD energy. True. Mm, sure. The fact that this movie was made for as much as it was is absolutely appalling and an indictment on everyone who makes movies. On the one hand, I really want to give this a 1.6. But on the other hand, as you said, I would rewatch it because it was very silly. Watching it, I was like, this is exactly what I expected this whole list to be, rather than the weird slog of bullshit we had for about 10, 15 episodes uh, just before this recent run. So, and that, that's that's been kind of rewarding. So, I don't know. Maybe I think it's just a uh, 2.9. Oh, fuck. 2.9. That's so like I, one of our biggest separations. Oh, well, uh, maybe. I think. Luke? <laughs> Luke? Where are you, buddy? I think one of our biggest separations was at one point you gave something a one that I gave a four or something. Oh, shit. Yeah. I must have been cranky that day. <laughs> yeah, you were. I think that was Taxi, actually. Oh, fucking a taxi, hate you taxi. gave a zero and I gave yeah, a four. Yeah, Taxi destroyed me. I don't know why. <laughs> Rubbed me all kinds of wrong ways. It's like the first four of the podcast. <laughs> you gave it to t- the first zero of the podcast and you gave it to Taxi. taxi. <laughs> Hated that film. <laughs> Well, that was Zoom. If you'd like, you can follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at RateDescendPod or TikTok at RatingDescending. Or you can email us at RatingDescending at gmail.com. Or you can find us on our personal accounts. I'm under Abigail J. Ward on Insta. And I'm at Michelle.StClair on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to drop us a review on Apple Podcast. It makes a difference. It helps us out. I mean, we're young women queer women yes. in in the film industry yeah we deserve your support and your money so you know give us a review well abigail what are we watching next week to finish off this quartet of 2006 the grand finale in all of its glory <laughs> shall be ultraviolet oh this this, this is, is what we did this podcast for this is the yeah. kind of film we started this for exactly i am what keen. a treat you guys at home need to know, like, this is the first one I would say, watch along. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> for sure. Watch it before you listen. If you've never seen it before, we guarantee you, you'll have a good time. <laughs> yeah. Well, but don't don't watch it if you can't handle the noise. <laughs> it's an action-packed slamming jam. Yeah. Yeah.